of you who were here during August would remember that we've got a series on the anointing. And my theme today is the powerful enablement of Holy Spirit anointing. And I would like to share with you, ask you to read with me, a scripture in 1 John 2 verse 26. And it says, as for you, the anointing, and then in the Amplified, it, it explains what it is. The anointing, the special gift, the sacred appointment and preparation which you received from him remains permanently in you. So the anointing is a gift, a special gift. Sacred means holy. It's a holy appointment that the Lord have as with us today, and it's in preparation to be his messengers. But what is the anointing? First of all, if we have a look at the word here in 1 John, um, it's a Greek word, and the word is chrisma. It's actually spelled C-H, but in the original Greek, it's an X. And chrisma means it's an unction. Unction is a blessing. It's a blessing that the Lord bestows on us. It's a smearing. It's a special gift, a special endowment of the Holy Spirit. That word chrism is holy oil. It, it means holy oil. It, it's, it's, a, it's actually a special holy endowment of holy oil. That is what anointing is. And it's referring to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that ministry is guiding us to be his messengers in order to fulfill his perfect will on earth. So actually, if we ask for Holy Spirit anointing, it means that we are smeared with holiness to be able to do his will on earth. The root word for that, the verb, is to anoint by rubbing, by rubbing or pouring oil on someone to represent the flow. And actually the word there in Greek is empowerment of the Holy Spirit because then you become divinely authorized to do God's will. So he's giving you from his holiness to be able to do his will. But this is divinely done. So oil has various uses in the Bible. And I will discuss three uses before we are going over to the Holy Spirit oil that we're going to discuss today. The first use is the ordinary use that we read in the Bible. That is anointing of a head or a body. It could be for med medicinal treatments, for refreshments, for hygiene, when, when somebody dies. So that's the ordinary or normal use of oil that we read about in the Bible. And then there's official uses of oil. That is, for example, where the Lord told Elijah to anoint Elisha as a prophet. Then also Moses had to anoint some of the Jews to be priests. You will read about that in Exodus 40. And the Lord said so that they will qualify to do the work. And he spoke about an everlasting priesthood. Those people were qualified to do it forever and ever. Then also Jewish kings were also anointed with oil, like David and Solomon. 
And then a lovely story that I read actually in Exodus is that objects were also um, 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 anointed for religious service, but the tent of the meeting, so the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord said to them, you must anoint it, so it's like what we're doing here today, but then every individual part of that um, tent was also anointed. So the lampstand, the altar of incense, everything was anointed. And the Lord said, I want to sanctify it. It must be set apart for my service. Then the last use is apostolic. That is what we read about in James, where we said for the recovery of the sick, you have to get the elders in. And they need to anoint this person under the name of Jesus, proclaiming the name of Jesus over this person. But today, I would like to talk about an Holy Spirit anointing, or anointment. And that means it's an anointing by God himself, by the Spirit himself. There could be oil, yes, as a symbol, but you don't need to have the oil. So it would depend on, on the situation of where you are and what is in your heart to receive that Holy Spirit anointment. So anointing comes from the Old Testament right through into the New Testament. In the Old Testament, a, a deliverer, a king, was promised. And it was always said that he will be the anointed. And what happened in the Old Testament, there was like as if God transferred something of his holiness and virtue on somebody when he anointed him. So we read in 1 Samuel, I invite you to read on the screen with me. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Arise and anoint David. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David in power from that day forward. And then there was a beautiful story also in Numbers 11. If you would like to read about it later on, verse 24 and verse 25, where the Lord said to Moses, you must get 70 people at the tent. So um, Moses got 70 men, and they were standing at the tent, and then the Lord came down in a cloud, and he spoke to them, and he said to them, I'm going to take from this spirit, from my Holy Spirit, which is on Moses, I'm going to take off this and I'm going to put it on you. And he did it. He took from his spirit that is on, on Moses and he then put it on these men. And they immediately started to act as prophets. So already in the Old Testament, um, we had a Holy Spirit anointing. In the New Testament, Jesus of Nazareth was actually the anointed one. In Acts 10, verse 37, I would like you to read this with me as well. It's a beautiful scripture of how God anointed Jesus. He anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with strength and ability and power. And then Jesus went about doing good and curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. This is a very, very strong scripture. So we are not the Messiah, but we are his disciples. What did he say in John 14, verse 12? He said, you will do what I do, even more. 
you will do greater works than what I've done. So it means that we have this. We have Acts 10. We have exactly what, what the Lord has given to the Messiah. He has given to us. And it means then that we are empowered for ministry, for different ministry, for, for in-depth, um, multiple, actually is the word, powerful ministry. So I want to share with you the purpose. Why did the Lord actually decided to anoint us, to give us his Holy Spirit. In Acts 1 verse 8, there's a lovely scripture, and it says, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will receive power. That is ability, efficiency, and might. And you shall be my witnesses or messengers. So the word there for power it's actually Greek word dunamis, and that's where our word dynamite comes from. It means it's, it's actually earth-shattering power. It's miraculous power. So this is what the Lord says is in you. You have dunamis power. It's, you are dynamite. It's earth-shattering power to be able to do what he would love to you or like you to do. And it, there's, there are two things that I would like to summarize today from all these scriptures. What would the Lord like us to do? The first one is he's given us to be his witness. So it's a messenger of God that you'll see in point number two. But his witness is to enable you to talk about Jesus and actually to preach the good news effectively and with impact and beyond your, your natural capabilities. So the Lord says, wherever you are, whatever you do, where you come, where you go, I will give you power. I will give you my dynamite to be able to talk and to do and to share the gospel. And then also to be a messenger of God. And in this case, it's that Isaiah 61 scripture that Luke preached about is that Lord said, I give you my power to proclaim freedom, to touch people who are sore, or heart sore, who are in prison because of fear or depression or whatever problem there is. The Lord said, I give you all my authority to heal. In other words, to bring physical and spiritual healing. I think the... The vastness of this is almost too big for us to grasp that the Lord actually gave it to us, that we are mere people on earth, and he, he made us part of what he wants to establish from heaven. So I would like to share with you ten things, and I'm going to do it very practically, of how the Holy Spirit enable you to be a messenger for God, to be his witness on earth. And before I go to the 10, I would like to share with you John 14, verse 17, that beautiful scripture where the Lord says, I'm giving you another helper. The word another in Greek means like me, just additional to me, like me and another one like me. So we are actually totally dependent on God. We can't do it in ourselves. So the first thing that Holy Spirit does is he gives us words. 
in Matthew 10, he said to us, For what you are to say will be given to you in that very hour and moment. For it's not you who are speaking, but the Spirit of God speaking through you. You will also see in Acts 4, when the disciples have received the Holy Spirit, it said they speak the Word of God boldly. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. So the moment you are filled with him, the moment you are covered with him, that is when, he, when, he's, when the Holy Spirit, his Spirit rests on you, you have a boldness to speak. And you don't, do not need to be afraid of anything or the fact that you can't talk or wouldn't know what to say. The Lord is your helper. Then you receive power from on, on high. So I think often we feel that our own power and our own strength are not sufficient. And that is really true. Because it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit's power from high that enable you to do whatever you need to do. So in Luke 24, the Lord said to them, Don't go yet, but wait until you are clothed with power from on high. There was a German evangelist, um, Reinhard Bonger, and he worked in Africa. And um, it said that um, he had 78 million documented um, conversions. And he said all that he did is he preached Jesus Christ through the Spirit of God, through the Holy Spirit. That's what he did. So it is actually so simple. You preach God and Jesus Christ through the Spirit from on high. Then the Word said, says that the Holy Spirit guides you and the Holy Spirit teaches you and gives you good recall. In John it says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and he will call, cause you to recall, remind you, bring you of remembrance, everything I've told you. So when you do your Bible study, when you read, when you hear, the Lord says that the Holy Spirit will fasten this within you. And he will help you to recall this, to be able to remember. And again, remember it's supernatural. Sometimes you think it's you who remembers, but it's actually Holy Spirit who guides you and to empowers you to remember. Point number four is that Holy Spirit leads you to hungry souls. Holy Spirit directs you where to minister. In Acts, it said an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and proceed southward to Jerusalem and go forward and join yourself to the chariot. So he said exactly to Philip where he should go, what he should do, direction, where he should sit. And also Paul actually went on a, on a journey and the Lord said to him, this is where you should go. And then they wanted to go into Asia. And in Acts 16 it said the Holy Spirit did not permit them to go there. He stopped them. So it's so lovely. I would have loved to know how he did it, but they couldn't. It just said the Holy Spirit did not permit them. So John Piper uh, tells a story. He said he's jogging in Minnesota, and um, he would jog in a, in a certain area of town where there's not a lot of people um, going there. And he said um, he would then look for somebody standing alone, and then he would go to him and say, Hello, I'm John. I'm running through the neighborhood and praying for people. What can I pray for you? And he said from then onwards, it's actually unpredictable what happens because he, don't, he doesn't know. He, he just is actually just putting out his faith that the Lord will show him who needs him that day. 
There's also an evangelist, Feeney, Jim Feeney, and he's an American, and he said he always wanted to go to San Francisco, Washington, New York. He said, and then the Lord has sent him to Alaska. And he actually didn't want to go there, but later on in life, he said Alaska had the major influence and in decades of his life as the missionary. So then the Lord appoints us to do good. So the scripture is in Acts, says, God anointed Jesus, I've read that previously as well, with the Holy Spirit and power in doing good. So that same Holy Spirit that's on the Lord is on us as well. So the Lord wants us to be a philanthropist. That's what the word means. The doing good is that's what it means. A benefactor to needy people. So Mother Teresa said, she said, she asked the Lord, Lord, may you break my heart so completely that the whole world actually falls in. So your heart is so broken that, that the whole world falls in. And I, I often think this is where, I often think this is where we need to ask the Lord to fill us with his spirit to show us how to work effectively in our communities. Where to touch somebody who's needy. Um, I've just read this week about the work that Mother Teresa did, and it, it's actually fascinating of how the Lord used her in the poorest of the poor places to bring hope. So the Lord says, this is what he gives to us. We have that same spirit that's in him to be able to do this. Um, and then point number six to me is um, actually one of the most practical ones. It's to empower us to love those we find hard to love. In Romans 5, the scripture said, God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it's his love that you feel towards other. And that, that makes that you can love somebody at your work that's very difficult, in your family that's difficult, your neighbor, in a circle of friends, even somebody that has hurt you tremendously, because then it's Holy Spirit love. And I would like to share a story with you, a true story of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And the scene is a courtroom where a 70-year-old, very frail black woman just listened to the testimony or the confessions of a Sergeant van der Broek. He was a security officer in the SA police, at that time. And Sergeant Van der Broek went to her house and he um, actually grabbed her son. He shot him point blank. And then he killed him and or he, that he, he actually burned him. He burned him on a stack of wood while he and his fellow colleagues bought it and drank a lot. And then a few years later he came again and he took her husband. Um, and two years after that, he fetch, fetched her. And he said to her, I want to show you what we've done with your husband. And she said they went to a river. She could remember they went to a place near a river. And her husband was actually lying there, and he was beaten and broken. And they put him on a stack of wood, and they threw petroleum over him, and they burned him. And she had to look at it. And all he said is, God forgive them. So the employee of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, the official, said to her, ma'am, 
what would you like? What kind of justice would you like for Sergeant van der Broek? And she said two things. She said, my husband and my son was my only family. I don't have a husband or a son. I would like Sergeant van der Broek to be my son. I have lots of love in my heart that I would like to pour out over him. So I ask you, Sergeant van der Broek, will you come to my house twice a month for the next time of our lives where I would like to love you as my son? And then secondly, she said, and then I need some assistance from somebody um, in the courtroom. Can you please take me around to Sergeant van der Broek so that I can put my arms around him and embrace him? and hug him and show the love and forgiveness that I have for him. Apparently, at that moment, Sergeant van der Broek fainted. I would also. <laughs> he, he, he couldn't believe this. But then she went and she did this, and somebody started in that courtroom to sing Amazing Grace. And eventually, the whole everybody in that courtroom sang this song. So this story actually tells us of... of the impossible that the Lord Jesus can do in your life. The impossible of loving somebody, of loving somebody that has actually killed your son as your own son. And this is the powerful dynamite love of the Lord. The seventh one that I would like to share with you is that the Lord speaks through his spirit in the deepest part of your being. That is actually... Where you, where you really connect and meet with him. In Ezekiel 3.6, the scripture is, I've put my spirit in you. And then I've also included a scripture in Romans, but in the message, because it's so lovely, put there, it says, God's spirit touches our spirit. So we, come, we become sensitive towards, for his voice. You, you tend to know his voice when he's talking to you, when he's sending you, when, he's, when he says, talk, when he says, be quiet, when he says, do, and when he says, don't. Um, I have told this testimony before, but I would like to share with you. Um, I had around about, I would say, seven, eight years ago, I had chest pains, severe chest pains, and I couldn't um, breathe, and I didn't know what it was. And then later on, I couldn't swallow. It was, it was burning uh, tremendously. But I wasn't stressed. I worked hard, but I wasn't stressed. And I, it was strange to me, all these chest pains. So one night, I woke up in my bed, and I just said to the Lord, Lord, what is this? And I just heard the Lord said, esophagus. And I actually just wrote it down, and I went back to sleep. And then the next morning, I've asked my husband, who's a scientist, and he said he thinks it's exactly what it is. And we Googled it, and then um, we realized this is what it is. My doctor, who was also in the <laughs> congregation this morning, was on leave. So she wasn't there at that time. So I went to another doctor, um, because I thought maybe I need some medication now. I did pray as well for healing, but it was, um, I couldn't actually swallow, couldn't eat, and I went to another doctor, and he said, no, oh, there's really nothing wrong, I've heard a, um, I have a spasm in my back, I must just lie flat on a tennis ball, and then when my doctor came back, she immediately admitted me to hospital, they did the test, and I actually had a hole in, in, in that part of my, in my esophagus, 
So the lovely thing of this is that the Lord tells you, in your spirit, he actually tells you exactly everything about your life, all the detail, everything that you need in your spirit through his anointing. The fact that he, he rests on you, he lives in you. Then the eighth one is that he radically transforms us. We also sang about this this morning, and also it ties with your vision, Tammy. He transforms us. Um, Saul, when he um, pre uh, preached about that, Saul actually got the Holy Spirit, and then he increased in strength. And then Peter denied the Lord three times. Then he got the Holy Spirit, and afterwards 3,000 people came to the Lord. So this is what the Lord does. He transforms you completely. Um, point number nine is he calls you to operate in spiritual gifts. So we all know about 1 Corinthians. And again, if you have time just to read through it, it's amazing. That's what the Lord actually gives to us. It's gifts. It's these gifts of the Spirit to enable us to be his messengers. And the one gift that I would like you to study this week, if you have time, is the gift of faith. This is actually the one gift that we kind of miss because we think it's not that spiritual, but, but uh, it's more than saving faith. It is to believe beyond, to have this miraculous belief in God. Um, and I also just wanted to share something about that. We come from Pretoria. We were in the Ingemoraleta Church in Pretoria. And I, uh, uh, my, child, my child was very small, just a baby at that stage, and I very much wanted to have the gift of tongues, and I didn't have it. I prayed for very long to the Lord. And then we were in that church, and it was Pentecost services. And at that stage, Isaac Berger from the AGS came to do our services. And I just asked the Lord whether he would please give that gift to me. And um, afterwards, I went to see him, and he said to me, he, he, the Lord is saying to him, it's close. And then the next day, I got that gift in that church, between, I was standing next to my husband and a friend of mine, and I could still remember that amazing feeling of, of just, of just be, uh, being so special. I felt so special. I know it's just my gift to to talk to the Lord to, but it was something that I desired so much, and the Lord gave it to me. It's a gift. So today I want to say to you, whatever you desire, whatever you expect from the Lord, give it to Him, give it back to Him. It's it's. It's, he wants to, he, wants, he actually wants to bestow it on you. And then point number 10, make you holy and sanctify you. Um, 1 Peter 1, Peter 1 verse 2 says, we were, you were consecrated, sanctified and made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus. So when he gives us his, when he gives us his Spirit, we, he makes us obedient. And then we have a lifestyle of devotion to him. So the reason why we are talking about anointing is because we ask the Lord to anoint us every day now and every day again with fresh oil. In Ephesians, the Lord says to us, be filled with the Spirit. It means it's continuously, it's nonstop, and it's continually, it's again and again. So yesterday's anointing may not be enough for today. You need to get that fresh oil from the Lord every day 
to draw close to him every day. Look how lovely the Passion Translation puts this. It says, move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. Closer and closer, and he will even come closer to you. So you need to stay in close fellowship with him. When you pray, the Spirit guides and directs you what to pray. And invite him, invite him into your Bible study time, into your quiet time, so that he can break open whatever you need to read or whatever you are busy reading. When, when the anointing is there, he shows you what to take from that scripture. He talks to you personally. And then also fellowship, what we have here, and, and worship, which I'm going to talk about now. So actually, we need to ask him today and every day of your life for an impartation of the Holy Spirit, every day, to say, Lord, it's replenished. Can you please give me more and more and again and again? And the whole thing is about thirst. It's about being thirsty for the Lord. It's, it's to ask him for the rivers of his Holy Spirit, not only a mouthful, not only a sip or a dip. It's rivers of water that you can actually drink from. This is what he says to us. He says in John 7, come to me and drink. Drink of this water. And there's such a lot of this water that I would like to share and give to you. And then it becomes like a personal Pentecost, that every day of your life you're actually filling or filled up with the Spirit of God. It's an ongoing state of being filled. I would like to worship team to just come up again. And while they're doing this, I want to share with you the last slide about worship. And this is why I want them just to come up. So Elisha prayed for a double portion of the Holy Spirit. So he actually prayed for abundance. So look what happened when he prayed. Look what happened in an atmosphere of love and worship. In 2 Kings 3, he said, he's, he's exactly said that Elisha said, but now bring me a harpist. While the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he said, and then he started to prophesy. So in the Old Testament, they spoke about the Holy Spirit in many cases as the hand of the Lord. Brother Lawrence has said that the most perfect, perfect union with God is the actual presence of God. This relationship is totally spiritual. To love God, to adore him, and to embrace him with tenderness. So today we are actually saying to the Lord, we adore your presence, God. We want you to fill us with your presence. We want a double portion of your spirit. You cannot earn this. This is a gift. This is what the Lord wants to give to us. And the Lord actually is here with us. And he desires to give to you whatever you are expectant for. So I would like to, to ask you to 
please um, lead us into worship. And then I would like to ask you to literally spend this time now with the Lord, asking him if it's the first time to just fill you with his spirit, to just cover you with his anointing, with his oil, his holy oil. And if you had that before, to ask him to do it again and again. Just fix your eyes on him and, and you use this time, spend this time with him. Now.